You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What's up? Welcome to the Van Flip Podcast. I am your host, Lurk. If this is your first time here, thanks for tuning in. We greatly appreciate you checking us out. If you've been here before, welcome back. If you are listening to us on a platform that you can give us a rating, just go ahead and give us a five-star, thumbs up, or whatever the highest thing is you can. It definitely helps us out in the algorithm of the podcast world. Visit lambgoat.com to stay up to date on news, releases, and announcements from around the hardcore and metal world. Follow Lambgoat on social media. Give us a like on Facebook. You can follow us on both Instagram and Twitter at Lambgoat. Go follow Van Flip Podcast on Twitter. Tweet us what you think of the show and what the next guest that we should have on. If you are interested in watching the podcast instead of listening to them, all of our episodes are available to watch on Lambgoat's YouTube channel. So subscribe and make sure you get notified when new episodes are released. I would like to take a quick second to thank our Patreon supporters, Dylan and Lachlan, and our newest supporter, Jeff. Thank you for supporting the Van Flip. You guys are awesome. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, not only would you help improve and grow the show, but you also get early access to episodes, an invite to the private Discord chat, lamb goat swag, and more. We will even chat you out on the show for a long growth supporter. Visit patreon.com slash the Van Flip Oh, yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh yeah, this is uh Oh no, <laughs> Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Van Flip Podcast. Uh, this is another one of our quarantine uh, remote sit-downs with the band podcast. This week, we are lucky enough to have Invent Animate, and I have Marcus and Keaton from the band. I have uh, Marcus is the new vocalist. Keaton is the longtime guitar player. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, man. I just watched uh, watched Lighthouse earlier, and I don't mm. know if you've seen that movie. Not yet. No, no, it set me up for a weird, a weird day. But uh, it seems kind of weird. I have to. I've been wanting to check it out though. Oh yeah, it's something else. But yeah, I got a weird vibe going on. But I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a, a unique situation. We also have uh, you guys are not in the same location, so we're all over the world. I'm in. Sunny Florida right now in the middle of the Sunday afternoon. We have Keaton in Texas, and Marcus is in Sweden right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've oh, never yeah. been to Florida. Have I been to Florida, Kiki? No, no, no. <laughs> we didn't play. We didn't play in Florida. No, no. no. For some reason, tours like just skip Florida a lot. Uh, I've heard yeah, a lot of bad yeah. shit about Florida. I don't know. Oh. I've never heard anything good about Florida. It's, if you're, it's nice. It's, it's, the beaches, it's nice. you know. The beaches? But it's wet and hot. Very hot. Miami. It's very hot. It's very hot. It's uh, very humid. and But there are a lot of beaches. We have a lot of coastline. Mm-hmm. But it also, I think a lot of tours skip Florida for the most part because it takes a lot to come down. Like to play in Miami, you have to drive six hours at least to get to Miami. So you have to make a run of it. You have to have multiple dates and make it worth it basically yeah, to uh, it doesn't here. help that like the surrounding states aren't very uh 
super A markety or whatever. No, yeah, I mean like Atlanta is a bigger is a bigger market yeah. close to us, but that is also six hours away. So we're kind of in a weird Ooh. area. Atlanta was the last show we I played on the tour. Yes, uh, would you play? Was that Masquerade? I wasn't there because I broke my. Oh, collar you weren't there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you have no clue. I broke your, my collarbone. I just checked you, out. You broke from your the collarbone. Band. Yeah, you uh, you just lost your sling. You were saying before the podcast. So yeah, yeah. I uh, I was snowboarding. Um, I haven't really like released that information. I just didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't think it was necessary. But yeah, I was snowboarding and. Uh, I'm not experienced. The last time I snowboarded, I was like 12 or something like that. And uh, I just ate shit and like immediately fell straight onto my shoulder. And like I sat up like after falling down. And uh, there's just like a weird, I didn't feel anything because the adrenaline's kind of like, you know, kicking in. But mm-hmm. uh, I sat up and I was like immediately thinking like, ah, that, you know, that was too hard. Something's wrong. <laughs> and I like moved my arms and I just feel like some crazy movement and I just lay back and Marcus pulls up and he's like, are you all right? It's like, dude, I think I broke my collarbone. <laughs> and it's actually really funny. He was like, he was so calm about it. He was like, all right, dude. All right. Uh, just unzip your jacket real quick. We'll check it out. So I like lay down straight on my back. At this point, I'm already thinking like, ah, oh, man, like here come the medical bills. I can't do tour. Mm-hmm. Like I'm letting down everybody. And, Kiki uh, was he, freaking out for the wrong stuff at the moment. He was like, yeah, I got to call my mom. I got to call Caleb. Yeah. Caleb. No, yeah, Caleb went down. Yeah. Uh, he was before, like right in front of us. Caleb is more experienced than Kiki on snowboard, and I, I skied. And I was behind Kiki just chilling, and Kiki went so fast. And I was like, maybe he's going too fast because I know he hasn't <laughs> snowboarded in a while. Dude, I was so and, confident. That's the funny yeah, thing. Yeah, it looked so good. Like he had the style. Not everyone has pulled to it style. off. You could pull it off. A yeah, little bit. I yeah. skateboarded, just, so I was like, I could do this, you know. Yeah, he looked really good, and then he just hit the front like steel edge of the snowboard and just dove down into the snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah and I, I haven't like, snowboarded uh, in forever, and I, I remember it being a horrible experience last time I did. So it is. Yeah. It's way tougher than skiing, I believe, and it, people associate it with skateboarding, I think, but it's completely different than skateboarding too. If you have oh, yeah. skateboarding experience, it definitely helps, but it's not it's not the same. I didn't feel bad when I went to the hospital. They were like, "Yeah, this is like the most common injury <laughs> over here because there's there's like a bunch of ski resorts up there." And uh, I was like, "Well," but I was actually in New York, so uh, I wanted to finish. Actually, what Marcus the way Marcus handled everything was really funny. <laughs> uh, when I was laying down, uh, he was like, "He was just like, oh, well, let me check real quick on your collarbone." And he, like, unzips my jacket for me, and he looks at it, and he goes, yeah, man, it's definitely broken, but, um, and I was thinking, I was, like, trying to give myself some sort of, uh, relief, and I was like, you think it's just, like, dislocated, maybe, or, and he was like, no, it's broken, but it looks so fucking sick. And I was like, <laughs> did you get a picture of it? Uh, I have a picture, yeah, it, I don't know, it didn't Dude, look didn't too take- crazy. It actually, uh. Instead of like protruding out, some of the bone fell inwards, so mm. it wasn't yeah, so like it was kind of fifty-fifty thing because it broke in two pieces. Yeah, I think like a so you had, no, it broke in three pieces. So you had the the left one or the right one, and you had a little small mill piece that yeah. sunk down under. So it's, mm-hmm. it was pretty weird break. Yeah. How far into the I tour had, was that? Uh, that was about halfway. They, the tour got canceled like a week later. Like 
So, I guess relative um, to the situation, that was the best time I could have broke my collarbone. Yeah, like if you're going to, why not do it yeah. right before a pandemic, you know? And then I was like stuck in bed all day. And then they were like, well, you can't leave anyways. So I was like, yeah. yeah. Well, that uh, was um, – that. That's kind of strange too, because you guys, congratulations on the newest record that you, you know, uh, Graveview just came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, what, like five, six weeks ago, and um, that's been well received all over the place. And you guys have yet to really be able to play shows in support of that. Uh, leading up, I'm sure you guys played that tour, and I'm sure a couple of the songs on the set were from the new album. But yeah. how does it feel to want to play those songs out and get that out and support that record? Yeah, we we play we did play some new songs. The the sucky thing is is uh we we like planned you know you plan a release for the most part around a tour because um, it helps with like you know just general promotion and like the first week sales. Yeah, um, you can you can sell like fifty CDs a night um, for a week straight, and it helps a lot. Um, but I think they only got like we only got like two days into the actual first week, and then the tour got canceled. And uh, we also planned it around Texas because we're from Texas, and we we're like, yeah, these are going to be good dates. Mm-hmm. You know, people are going to show up for us. But uh, yeah, I really, I really feel like it kind of got uh, yoinked from us a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I definitely we're stoked to play like some newer songs and get that out of our system. Um, there's overall, a, there's though, a lot sucks. of songs. Yeah, there's a lot of songs on the record that feels like, oh my god, these songs should be so great live, but we couldn't fit them in the set because they weren't singles. Mm-hmm. So we mainly had a couple of singles in our set. And we played them. Well received. People sung the lyrics live, and it was pretty crazy already. We just released them, but we definitely want to have like more songs on the set. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I keep reading stuff online, and it's kind of just like, oh, what can you really believe? But I've read <laughs> some stuff that's like, oh yeah, it's not gonna. You're not touring, it's not happening for at least a year. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what the fuck am I gonna do? Well, it. Yeah. <laughs> we just posted an article say, uh, I think yesterday, where Missouri, I think, is going to start doing concerts oh, uh, no in May. What? Yeah. Wouldn't that be so cool if all the the bands like did a festival there i mean if they allow it yeah yeah if it was the first the first place that opens so everyone hops there um so illegal (laughs) oh yeah no i think it's a terrible idea it's the worst idea i've ever heard actually but (laughs) yeah it'd be interesting to see like who plays or what goes on like what to what capacity they allow that to happen you know um Mm -hmm. but who knows at some point they're gonna have to do you know, open it up or decide not to open it up or whatever. And uh, at some point, we'll get back to somewhat normal with concerts and events and things like that at some, hopefully sooner than later, though. Yeah. There's a lot of weird, I don't know, we had uh, we had Europe lined up. A couple well, how, how long, lined up, so actually. you didn't, you didn't play, how long into the trilogy tour did it, were you saying it stopped in the first week, so you only got to play like... Uh, no, no, no. So we made it like three quarters of the way through. Okay, okay. Um, all we had left was like the south up into Cali. You're saying and after was... the release of Graveview, you guys... Yeah, okay. yeah. So we released it like the third week of tour and it, it got... We got knocked off somewhere in the middle of the third week. Okay, I'm just getting my timeline together. Timeline together. Gotcha, gotcha. 
But yeah, yeah, like I said, we had a bunch of tours lined up, and those are all canceled. And I just don't know. Well, there's there's still some other. There's like late in the year stuff that's still, you know, being talked about. But it's like who knows at this mm-hmm. point. I mean, at this rate, it kind of seems, for the most part, that um, those still might go on as planned. I mean, I've seen a lot mm-hmm. of things canceled over the summer, but certain festivals toward the end of the year, like Furnace Fest and a couple of others, are still holding on. Yeah. And yeah, uh, hopefully some of those go through, but hopefully it doesn't really affect, you know, large crowd, large crowds and the whole situation that's going on. Mm-hmm. There's going to be like, like this. Go ahead. Yeah, I've seen like articles where people saying like, yeah, concerts are not going to come back this year. Yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah, oh, like, I don't know. A lot of people saying are saying spring 2021. Yeah. Did you guys see the hard festival, the hard style festival in Germany where they had people in their cars? No, that's so funny. Sounds though. crazy. Yeah, you should look that up. It's just like a... It's like a parking lot. It looks like a parking lot, but it's like a full-on kind of, you know, electronic music festival set up with fires, lasers, and loudspeakers, and they're just people in their cars honking and flashing lights. That's so funny. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Of course, it's in Germany. (laughs) Yeah, no, they couldn't be anywhere else. No. There was a... uh, I I don't know. When I think of Germany, I always think about uh, when we toured there for the first time. It was a vehicle that parked behind the, the tour package's trailer, and everyone was, like, super mad. And uh, all these German dudes walked up, and they saw that we were having an issue. And it was, like, a little Fiat, and they literally just, like, they were all drunk, like, having a good time. It was, like, a party street, and uh, they all, like, started, like, picking this Fiat up. They literally <laughs> picked the Fiat up and moved it from behind the trailer. So that's, that's like a, that's like know, a movie that's scene kind of thing. Literally. In like, uh, I don't know, ever since then, every time I think of Germans, I'm like, yeah, those guys are on one, truly. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy neighbors. Yeah, right? Well, um, so back to the album. Let's get to talking about that. Um, I also found it really, really, um, I really enjoyed it. I thoroughly thought it was a really well put together album. I even put it uh, on my list of top eight for the beginning of the year, um, you know, albums to check out, uh, heavy albums to check out. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's your first album with the band, uh, Marcus. Uh, Explain like your approach to working with, uh, you know, working with Invent. Do you do it, like from afar or do you come to the States to record and write or how does that process go? I mean, it's both, I guess. So I, we had a couple of songs lined up together, like not finished songs, but kind of. And I just did it from like my home studio, just recorded ideas, taking some songs, instrumentals that they write and just put some lyrics, some arrangements on, and they were like, right back and like, hey, let's try to change this, see how it sounds. So it worked out pretty well. But I mean, the big majority of the album was created in the studio, like written in the studio. Cool. Yeah, we also, uh, there was some stuff we did retract, though. Um, And you, I think you did a lot of stuff at home as well, maybe some dubs or something. Ooh, yeah. I forgot yeah. that. Yeah, dude, we did a bunch of vocal tracking because it was just—I don't know—we had this. There's like an enormous pressure on us as well, you know. Right. Because we, we were like, we gotta nail this. Right. And, uh, 
So we actually finished the whole record, and we were like, you know, we're going to go back and, like, rewrite some stuff. He, I think he flew down three times for the record. Yeah. Which is, which is too many. But <laughs> too uh, many. We, we were just trying to, it's like, fun. really nail it out. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, it just it feels pretty natural at this point to kind of work from afar. Mm-hmm. And it's worked out pretty good. If I look back now, and, like, if we didn't do the retracking in Texas... The second time, I feel like I don't think the album would be received the same way because it's so like there's a lot of changes, especially with clean vocals like choruses and verses and stuff that played a big part in the release. And I'm really happy we re-recorded that because at first when we talked about re-recording stuff, I'm like, man, am I going to have to fly back? (laughs) (laughs) And then we just I started working on some ideas here and. You guys started working on some ideas there, and we just like, yeah, let's do it. And I just flew over, and we we did it with the guy who mixed the album, Ryan. And it turned out well. Yeah, it's um, it, it's like I said, it's really well put together. And um, dare I say, I enjoy it more than when Ben was doing vocals because it is a drastic change. And like you were saying, it that is an enormous amount of pressure to you know come out mm-hmm. from underneath as well. So, um, yeah. What's the biggest difference between Grave You and the previous releases? I mean, outside of Marcus, uh, with like, you know, writing and just the sound and the tones of the, of the record. Uh, as far as that, there's a lot of like, uh, little things. I feel like a lot of people wouldn't think about. Um, so as far as like the artistic vision, first and foremost, um, been handled a lot of that in the past. So, like, every, every all the visual elements of the record and, like, I don't know, you kind of create this feeling of what an album is that way. And uh, I think Ben was very, very good at that. So we had to tackle that by ourselves this time, and we had some very specific ideas we wanted to try. I think we handled it more like a musician would than, like, an artist, and I think Ben handled it more like an artist. Uh, so we were like too articulated and had like huge goals that were really hard to meet, but we ended up doing something pretty good. Um, but as far as the writing, I think we, um, a lot of times we just kind of write, uh, it's kind of hard for me to explain, but we just, it just, whatever pops out of our brain, we kind of do, but we took a little bit of a, uh, more calculated approach this time and tried to pay attention to the song structure a little more. Um, which, if you go from like our first record to now, you you slowly start to see that kind of change. Um, but at the same time, we we had like huge influences. It's weird to say influences, but from our first record, we were like, oh, we should. I think we should try to explore more of that like chaotic kind of you know just random energy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's like we have this thing where we do cleans all the time. Like that record had like a special. A special vibe to that so we tried to i think we tried to pull a lot from the first record and see if we could like get back to like 16 year old me mindset like true metal <laughs> core fan, your roots. you know yeah um but yeah overall it's like a pretty similar process we wrote some in the studio as well which we haven't done before we usually just write and then just show up and record it um but we wrote some with randy labeouf um which is graphic nature uh, we went there for a week and we smashed out like six songs. Some one, a couple of which didn't get used, which is another thing. Like in the past, we've never uh, 
not use songs. We pretty much write every song and we're like, yeah, put it on the record. And this time we ended up canning like a bunch of ideas and a couple songs. Um, might be cool to explore those later, but uh, yeah, it's just a whole. I feel like there was a just more calculated approach. <laughs> I thought Marcus was going to respond, so I was going to oh, second. Right. Sorry, no, sorry. you're good. You're good. I was um, a big breath just to survive. <laughs> I got you. Um, <laughs> so, how does it work? How, how did you, Ben leaves the band? In, you know, the beginning of 2008 and you guys basically, you know, kind of take that time to regain your composure and, and how long does it take from Ben stepping away to finding Marcus and how did that process like come to light and everything? Yes. Yeah, so we decided to go like, an, we did the audition route. Um, it seemed at first we were like, maybe we could just try to like reach out to a couple of people. We, we think we like, and then we realize we don't know anyone that like, <laughs> fits the bill. So we were like, let's just go the audition route. Um, so we actually set up an email, and like a bunch of people did a YouTube, a bunch of YouTube videos, and uh, we got like just hundreds of hundreds of auditions to just kind of scroll through. Um, but a couple people hit us up personally, and like a couple people like Marcus who were in bands before and stuff like that, and uh, he just sent us. Uh, I forgot what you sent us first. I think he took the, our instrumental track on Still World and redid it. No, and I, then, I actually, I think the first thing I sent you guys was White Wolf with the video, uh, like one shot, and that mm-hmm. didn't turn out that good. I mean, the screens were cool and stuff, but I didn't like it. And so I felt like, yeah, I want to do something else. I took an instrumental track called Solace from Still World and uh, just did a vocal production with lyrics and stuff and sent that with the White Wolf one. And you guys, like, I don't know, you liked it, but you still wanted to wait and see, like, mm-hmm. what else could come in. And yeah, then- we kind of, like, moved in phases. So after, like, I don't know, after two or three weeks, we were just like, all right, let's take everyone we like, contact them, and see if, uh, you know, they have any, anything more to offer. Because sometimes, like, for example, there's a couple people who who didn't sing at all and we're like hey can you sing we like your vocals and then they you know they would send stuff back and they're like oh they can't sing so <laughs> yeah <you've gotta> <laughs> but uh yeah so we i think i think he kind of just made the most cuts you know what i mean and he's a very cool guy and he redid i think he ended up doing three auditions yeah so, i uh, did you guys told me to take take whatever song you want from still world instrumental and just do something new on it yeah we actually just released that, um, that oh, yeah. uh, the, the remake. There's like some funny negative feedback. People are like, "Why would <laughs> you do Ben? Why would you do Ben this disservice?" Yeah, and yeah. It's like, ah, that's not, that wasn't the point. It's no, just it's, an audition. It's, yeah, it's just I, to show his him creative. You know how he can create on his own. I think it's vital for like you know the fans to kind of see that kind of stuff and uh, whatnot because obviously there are people. You know it's. It is one of those things that is like that movie Rockstar, but in like the smaller and like a much smaller way where, you know, you try out for a band that you are a fan of for the most part because you saw the ad or whatever and you applied technically to, you know, the spot. And then it's, it's cool for fans to see that because then, you know, that's something that they can look forward to possibly maybe one day doing and, and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's a cool story overall. Oh yeah, it's funny. I still remember a lot of the uh, the vocalists that uh, audition, and I think like 
all the time. I'm like, I want to see those guys in a band. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's just a bunch of, like, so sick people out there that have, you know. Were there any that are in bands already that you turned down that are were in, like, established bands uh, already? Yeah, there was some funny ones. Like, uh, the old vocalist for the Crimson Armada. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? We used to love that band. There's things like that or, like, uh, there was a couple, yeah. There's definitely a couple. That one stood out to me because me and Trey, uh, I don't know, when we were really young, we used to really like that band a whole lot. And I was like, that's interesting that that guy's applying, you know. Uh, but if he can sing or something, I don't know. Just weird little things. <laughs> um, what made Marcus stand out the most between everybody? Because it sounded like, you know, to stand out of 100-plus people, there's got to be some qualities outside of him being a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm uh, Swedish, I'll, bro. That's the thing. Yeah, that is a, that, hey, thing. that is a perk. That is a perk, especially in the metal world, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, first, a lot, of, a lot of it was just like having – it's really hard to have a good scream and sing good. We found that out pretty quickly. Um, and everyone who can do that, that's like – from what Marcus describes, this is in, very insane to do and very hard. But uh, I think it came down. He just has like a very, we love his scream, and he just is able to sing as well. So um, that seems almost like too simple of an answer, but uh, I don't know. He just sounds cool. <laughs> we just like it. That's cool. <laughs> and it's been kind of a bummer, though. You you came into the band like how? So how long were you technically in the band? Like late 2019 or like how long after uh ben leaves does marcus enter into the band and how long after ben left were you guys starting to plan the next record or or how long did it take to get to that point i feel like when i can't remember kiki when did i actually join the band what month you joined the band i can't rem- I know it was a year before we recorded the record or something like something no. like that no, that's too much. It was the same Is year. It? Yeah, because oh. I think it was spring 2018 or mm-hmm. something. Like March. And then we recorded the record in November. Is that wrong? Oh, October. October, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, think, then the, and we didn't announce you. I think that's what it was. We didn't announce you till like... The first one single. And a half year. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think well, I think we posted something about your new music coming out or a new single coming out, and that was also the introduction of Marcus. I think mm-hmm. well, at least on our news uh, yeah. archives, and that's somewhat of a good almost a year later or something. So I'd imagine for him that probably sucked. We were just like, hey, don't say anything, you know. <laughs> sucked at do we? I think like a couple of days in first time in America, we went to New York. When we were at the studio, we went to New York and just like explored, saw the city, Central Park and stuff. Went up to Rockefeller and I couldn't post anything about that on socials. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> my fingers were itching because, oh, we're going to keep this a secret. Yeah. It sucked so Yeah, hard. I was going to say, uh, were there going to be internet sleuths that were going to sniff out what you were doing, you know, if you posted yeah, that stuff to social America? media? They <laughs> did it anyway. They're in the studio. They yeah, that's it out weird. anyways. I don't know did how. Did yeah, we got they, FBI they agents. Quick. Yeah, some must we have been them, seeing uh, the uh, tickets, you, buying tickets from you know Sweden to Texas. Yeah, yeah, they were like, I don't know, they figured, I can't remember how they figured it out, 
The weird one, we call him Fish because when we first met him, he's Swedish oh. and we in Swedish fish. So, mm-hmm. um, so we just called him Fish, and I like made a post and like joked around and said that his nickname was Fish, and someone took it and was like, "They're talking about Swedish fish." Yeah, Marcus <laughs> is from Sweden. He and just Marcus left Vienna. <laughs> and then eventually, like I think people in Europe kind of like heard some rumors and they were like yeah for sure he's in the band so they put it, it together me, before we yeah they t- it, i think it took me half a year to realize that my nickname fish was associated with the candy swedish <laughs> fish i thought it was a prison thing right okay yeah because i was a new guy right right no yeah. a prison thing no it's just a candy thing yeah i guess we had That's that in sweden so but we just call it fish yeah yeah oh yeah yeah i saw that in europe they're just literally called fish. That's so funny. Yeah. Candy um, fish. The first time we actually met Marcus was at the studio, which is, that, I think that's a pretty unique thing. We, didn't, we you know, yeah. FaceTimed him a whole bunch, but the first time we spent time with him was like the seven weeks we were at the studio, and he got there and, you know, started recording. So that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty notable thing. We were all yeah. really nervous, I think. I'm like, oh, what if he actually sucks? <laughs> this whole time he's like, catfish, I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah that, cause that's, that's a that's a very worrisome thing because, like, you could be catfish because, you know, you could alter, if he's a really good sound engineer, you know, you could technically alter the vocals to sound almost like anything you'd like or, you know, trick somebody. So stepping that's up to the plate yeah stepping up to the plate and actually swinging is is totally different but um so you guys were like communicating for 5 6 months and then finally met in the studio in New York is that what's going on yeah yeah the studio oh, is actually in in New Jersey which is funny because the first thing he ever sees in the US is New Jersey <laughs> which is one of my least favorite states some people call it the armpit of the world, but I don't know if yeah. I agree with it. Oh, my God. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's some nice stuff. There's some cool beaches and all that. Dude, I think I hated New Jersey until we played New Jersey on the Trilogy yeah. Tour. That show well, was that area, The area we were in, well, like the Graphic Nature Studio is uh, in Belleville, which is like that's where some of the Sopranos was filmed. You know mm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh. So it's it's literally just that vibe. If you've ever seen The Sopranos, and it's just not the most appealing thing. I yeah. don't think. <laughs> I've only been to uh, places close to the state line, New York City, and um, I saw Hellfest 2004 in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and that's the only time I've really ever been to New Jersey. Yeah. So there's some nice stuff. Like uh, we went to what's it called? That nice city. That was like a 10-minute drive or 15-minute drive. I forgot what it's called. No but idea. The, it was a really cool city, and they had like nice hip restaurants and ice cream and all that. Yeah. yeah. I remember like at the merch, you could just walk out straight at the street, but the show was like a, like mm. stairs, a stair down. Yeah. That's the place, right? Was that there? I don't know, dude. <laughs> <Feels> <laughs> I don't like think it. I was there. Who knows? Oh, you know. wasn't. You wasn't. Damn. <laughs> Good God, Kiki. Yeah. Why did you have to break your collarbone on the tour? <laughs> you missed out on all the fun. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, Marcus steps up, you know, takes frontman duties, 
this is the first tour that you guys had really done uh, with Marcus at all, and it gets cut short. So, how was how was the reception of Marcus for those shows, and like how has the fans responded since the uh, the album release with with his style of vocals and, and whatnot? How have you have you heard any negatives, or have you heard any po- more positives about it? Uh, there's definitely both, you know. I mean, I think there's always going to be these people who um, just can't see a band any differently, you know. Mm-hmm. They're just like, this is what that band is. They're not allowed to do anything else, you know. But um, there's definitely been, there's for sure more positives than negatives. And uh, I think any of the negatives are just like, like I said, just people who, it's not like they they hate how he sounds. They just can't hear it another way, you know. And we there's there's been worse reception. Like I think back to North Lane and people like wanted to kill them or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> I remember yeah. that. But I think it was good. I think it's pretty good reception overall. Good and like since the tour, I think a lot of people are like, okay, he's legit. You know, <laughs> kind of like he he passed the test. Okay, he can be in the band. Right. You you've made you've made the cut. Um are you you had some tours lined up in Europe. I'm sure Marcus is itching to tour Europe or do you find touring America um you know more pleasant? I feel like I like I don't know. It's pretty hard. I only toured uh three times in Europe and it was it's pretty different cuz my old band, we started out and we started our first, like our first tour ever was a headlining tour and our second tour was a headlining tour as well. So like there wasn't a lot of people. So it's hard for me to like just see the differences because in America, I mean, like we had Silent Planet and Currents, their fans as well mm-hmm. as our fans. And, uh, but I don't know. I like Europe more because it's old. It's really <laughs> old, like in general, like America, everything mm-hmm. feels so new. And like in, in Europe, Every every other show is in a different country and a different culture, and I like that the most. While America, I mean, everything's different from state to state, but not that much, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like when it comes to shows, Europe is scary because America, I felt like there was like a standard. Like it was almost like there wasn't always as much people as the day before on the shows. But it was pretty close. While in Europe, you can play a show in, like, Germany, and it's, like, 500 people, and you come to, like, Italy, and there's, like, 50 people. So it's really scary. That happens here all the time, too. Don't worry. Yes. (laughs) It it depends on the market tour you're doing. Like, if it's an A and B or B and C, whatever. Yeah. You, Um, You didn't have to play, like, some shack in South Carolina yet. Yeah, you haven't done the Veterans Hall yet. Yeah. The FWs. <laughs> yeah, those are rough. Speaking of that, you guys come from like a smaller kind of, I mean, Marcus, I don't know where, uh, the band I was just, I'm, I'm speaking of comes from a smaller, <laughs> uh, a smaller Texas town. Uh, you're about like an hour and a half outside of Houston, right? Yeah. So I'm, we, li- Trey and I live in Southeast Texas. It's called the Golden Triangle. It's like mm-hmm. Beaumont. Uh, he lives in Port Arthur, which is like a 15 minute drive from me. Kind of all the same thing, but uh, it's just, it's relatively small. It's like there's probably 150,000 people here total. Um, it's not the smallest thing ever, but there's no like there's no music scene here. 
um, there was sort of one when I was really young. Uh, so a lot of it was just like reaching for Houston. And uh, I think in that way, too, a lot of people have huge hometown shows and stuff like that. And we just don't have that to come home to. So we kind of like resorted to the Internet and just tried to like do the best we could there. Yeah. Is that, um, is that, that how you guys made, got – go ahead. Sorry. Uh, it, it just made for an interesting thing. Like our biggest or like our most fun markets are in like Massachusetts or Cali, you know, whereas like some, a band from Cali does a hometown show, they're going to show up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have like a predominant Texas following, surprisingly. Interesting. Um, does that style of music not really uh, vibe with the Texas market or is that just – because you're from a smaller does. town. Uh, yeah, I think it's just we're from a, a town where we didn't, like, grow up as a local band, you know what I mean? We did local shows, don't get me wrong, but we just traveled to Houston and people didn't really know who we were. And, like, I think the internet gave us a shot before, like, the crowds did, you know? Mm-hmm. Is that how you guys linked up with Tragic Hero was through the internet? Or were you just, like, submitting demos all over left and right kind of a thing? Or Yeah, we were just recording music for fun, honestly, in uh, our... Our, our old managers, Andrew and Jason, uh, picked us up, and they were able to get us in contact with Tragic Hero. Um, so that, that's kind of like a, a tip I always give people. People are always so desperate to get onto a label. I'm like, dude, you should get on management. Like, legit mm-hmm. management, not some guy yeah. who's going to charge you 300 a month to get you an interview. Because um, I think, I don't know, they just they have so many resources and they would be the first people to get you on the road and the first people to uh, get you in contact with labels and stuff like that. Yeah. Have you liked uh, being on Tragic? Because you guys, this is your third album with them. Um, is there any plans to seek other labels out after this or, you know, how long are you going to be, st- not, you don't have to hypothetically speak on it, but I just wondered if, what the yeah. plan is. Uh. I don't know. Uh, we've just got to start getting offers, you know, like um, if we get an offer from Tragic Kiro, like a renewal offer, because this is our last record, um, we would def, you know, we would consider it. Um, but I'm sh- we'll probably get multiple offers and we'll just go with what we think is best. Cool. Because uh, this record did seemingly well during its uh, first couple of weeks. I mean, you guys peaked at the 65 spot. On the billboard, uh, I know you guys, I haven't pulled up here. You had a couple other uh, accolades for that week. You were number five on the Hard Rock albums underneath a couple other, you know, pretty big heavy hitters, the Code Orange album, the new Tool album, and all that other stuff. So how how does that make you feel when you guys release something? Because af- after such a gap, you know, you guys hadn't really done any new music since 2016, and technically, it had been four years since anything new had kind of hit the market. How did that make you feel with that reception? I feel like, like for me personally, I see that the gap that we had, it didn't feel like a good thing. I feel like that would be a bad thing for us, but it kind of turned out well. People were like, yeah, they're back. Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. a good thing. But I remember being so scared because the gap felt like something really bad because we didn't plan on taking that long on the first on this album. But it turned out the way it did with setbacks and stuff, and we were like, "Yeah, fuck it, this is gonna be like a fresh start instead instead of a comeback." But it did well. I think people actually saw it as us coming back, and I loved that. That felt good. 
Yeah, I think we're super lucky because um, time will just kill a band, honestly. Like, I yeah. People just don't have that attention span, you know what I mean? Um, and we're just lucky to have a, a following that, like, really came through. And it's very, very rare that a band, like, grows in absence. Um, and I think we've managed to do that, which is just insane to me. Yeah, how do you um, think, what do you think has, what do you think the recipe is for that? Like, because you guys, four years is a long time to go from the last release to, you know, losing a, a vital member of the band, replacing that member, writing a new record. You know, like, what do you what do you think attributes to that staying? I, I would I don't want to want to call it staying power, but what do you think attributes to that? Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, it seems like hype can only go so far because we tried our best to stretch the vocalist hype out because that's all we had to offer. You know, it's like we don't have a record or we don't have anything to give you, but I promise we're working on stuff and we have a new vocalist. And, like, there's a there's a pretty hard line between, I don't know, there, we hit a point where people were just like, at this point, I don't even care. You know, it's like, it's yeah. like, like it was hype at first. People were like, oh, shit, they got a new vocalist. I can't wait to hear it. But, you know, I don't know. Eventually, we started seeing a lot of comments of people who were just like, yeah, like, I don't even give a shit anymore. Like, just please do something. <laughs> Every time we, like, drop something on social media or something, it just felt like, why? Why are we doing it? Because it felt like we're just pushing it forward for everyone. Like, giving them false hope or yeah. something. You gotta do something, though. We were, yeah, um, I know. We were <laughs> trying to still exist as a band. Yeah. Well, just giving little little... Again little breadcrumbs of you know yeah. teases you know people started hating that though but and it was yeah. just like i like i i don't know what to do well like, now it's got to be other... it's got to be even worse because you have everything the record is out and all you can do is still yeah. post breadcrumbs and teases yeah i'm sure we uh we wrote something the other day and i was like i might post this on the instagram just like are you guys clip. are you guys writing like a quarantine type record even though you just had a record out are you guys taking uh you know taking use I, of this moment yeah trey and i aren't working um i'm not working because my collarbone and he's not because of the whole quarantine thing um so so no, yeah, i mean we, working we on just, an album sorry working or not working on an album working on music yeah yeah i got you okay 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 sorry. i was circling um <laughs> but yeah so we decided the other day we we're like well we're not doing anything so might as well like go hit the studio at least a couple times a week and just like get our, our brain moving on some stuff. But we've already like done some pretty cool stuff. I'm excited to use. Um, who knows? Yeah, but I th I think there's going to be like a pretty heavy like influx of albums early, you know, quicker than they would usually just because people aren't doing anything right now. Exactly. Plus, your fans have waited long. You know, like we said, four years. Uh, maybe you know, give them a little. A little EP after that album, yeah. you know, comes out. Well, we'll you said you had, stuff. you said you had some songs you threw, you know, in the wayside that you uh, you had like extra material for from Graveview. I mean, maybe a B side or something like that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, it seems it's hard to write backwards for me and Trey and I. So like going back to old stuff, and it's like, okay, what was what was our intention here? How do we like land there? It's really hard for us to like recenter ourselves and even like sometimes we'll start a song and we're like i don't i don't know what we were doing so let's just do something else even if the part's so sick it's just like if you can't like 
create off of it in a reverse manner, then there's no point in trying because then it's just like forced. But uh, I get there that. is I like get fully. That. There's that one. It's it's a pre-pro. It's called Polar Oath because it has like a weird um, under oath vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, ah, this is kind of a little far from our band. I don't know if you remember that one, Marcus. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. It's a completely it's a complete song. We wrote I'm it with Randy. Low right now. Yeah, it's we a did? complete song. Yeah, and it's actually kind of cool. We just wait, 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 like wait, 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 wait. Didn't... I have not heard this, or have I? You might. I'll we'll, I'll send it to you. But um, are there vocals on it or no vocals? No, no, on no, no, it? no. It's just okay. it's just strictly instrumental. But it's a whole song, and I, I like a Dude. couple of band members were just like, ah, this doesn't sound right. Marcus looks very it. excited. He looks very excited. Dude, I want to do both. Like, for me right now, I'm still working, like, 74 every day. I do, some, like, some carpentry shit. And, uh, like, during the evenings, I just try to go to this, like, my home studio and just do stuff. But now I've come to a point where I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, right now I'm working on a cover, like, just doing vocal covers. Mm-hmm. Trying to work on my vocals, writing electronic songs and stuff. But, Kiki, if you got some. <laughs> you know where I am. He is so bored. He is so bored right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking so of you- electronic stuff, I like. I want to start incorporating that. That seems so fun to me, but I just don't know how to do it in a cool way. Well, you guys so kind of had some like post-production kind of elements added into the music. Like, it felt like programming. Do who yeah. who does that? Is that something that Marcus has? added to the group or is it something that you guys do outside of that as well we're really bad at it man uh trey and i are just bad at that we, we could we could learn we just don't we also just don't have the resources like we don't have any good like uh plugins that have a bunch of pads and stuff mm-hmm. like that or arpeggiators but um someone who did have that in who was really smart is randy randy LaBeouf, um which we we tracked the record with and he mm-hmm. um he, he had a helping hand and a good bit of like post-production and stuff like that and even like wrote some very cool stuff he wrote uh our interlude um or heaven alone so he wrote that by pretty much by himself um which is all it's pretty much all of that just a bunch of electronic elements i remember uh, a lot of stuff he showed us like i was in like the bunk or playing like playstation or something in the studio while you guys worked out instrumental stuff and you guys were like hey come check this out and i walked into the to the uh, production room and i was like oh my god and Randy just wrote something electronic along with your like ambient guitar stuff and it was just it felt so like art artsy yeah he's That's killer right word. he's killer yeah he's he's creative as hell he's kind of he like the fifth this... member now you know yeah yeah, yeah. And he's, he's actually super he's actually super good at that stuff we were talking about uh we have a resource here like a guy who knows uh some people who do like some gospel music or like Christian pop music, whatever. Mm. And they're like, whoever produces that stuff is so good at that. It's like, how do we get a hold of those guys? You know what I mean? You try to incorporate some choir type stuff or anything, you know, like some, uh, some cool, like crispy pop elements and maybe Mm. some, we, we really, um, choir stuff's really cool. And I think we have tried to explore it, but we haven't nailed it yet. Um, yeah. But we definitely want to do stuff like that in the future. 
What is the difference between the sound uh, of your uh, previous 2016 release to to Grave You? To uh, personally, it sounds a bit more mature. Um, does Marcus bring any ideas to the table as far as the music goes, or is it just you guys, you know, having the time off, riffing ideas back and forth with your core unit? Um, yeah, I think it just kind of. Uh... Like I said, it's 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 kind of hard to explain, like why we write stuff we do. But it's just like we sit down and we, uh, the first thing that pops up, we're like, okay, well, how can we turn this in? Or how many different ways can we make this feel? And which way feels the coolest or the saddest or the scariest, whatever you know what I mean? And it's like whatever our intention is at the time kind of comes out. But I think a lot of maturity has happened and like. I think if you took this record and threw it with the same production as our first record, like Ever Everchanger, mm-hmm. which was uh, Brian Hood, I think it would actually like kind of translate more than it feels like it would, because the production in general is more like real and uh, not so much more, but uh, a lot different. Like we still love everything that uh, Brian would do and stuff like that. It's just it feels. Uh, a little more raw, which feels more like a band and more mature in a way, I guess, or more modern, whatever the case. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it just kind of came naturally and like with age and the way music has moved and what we have started listening to. Like, we're not just sitting around jamming periphery to all day like we were back in the day. <laughs> You've got your own style now, you know, you kind of like matured. Yeah, yeah. I think we have, like, a formula, which kind of sounds... A lot of times we joke around about that being, like, cheating or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, we, we already know what we're doing next because we've done it a couple times. Carbon copy it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marcus, do you, ever, do you ever drop, like, ideas for songs as far as, like, how a guitar sound or a drum pattern or anything like that? Do you ever give your input in on the writing process like that? Or do you just get the, the songs full already done like we were just talking about and then just add your piece to it i mean like the big majority of it is like that i get the songs instrumentally and it sounds insane and i'm like hey let's do it let's get them vocals mm-hmm. on and everyone just comes together and just try to just try to piece everything together but sometimes i go like why can't the guitars not do like this and they have to explain to me why they are the way they are and i'm like okay <laughs> And but there was a lot of like a couple of stuff I remember like we we changed like small stuff like there was some small drum stuff that was changed because of the vocal patterns that we wanted to have on a track for example and I remember being a melody but can't remember which song it was but we changed the melody a little bit and then we changed the vocals and then we changed the melody of the song again and then you guys that was right before we retract every like almost every chorus on the album in texas so yeah like there's a there's a cooperation of everyone but i guess the majority is that i just get a good track and we sit down and we try to pinch ideas see what we want to do with it maybe take like some lyrics that someone of us has written and we just try to like yeah this feeling sits right like when you hear this song and we just try to pinch everything together make it sound good I think that's probably how it's it's done. 
Yeah. Would you Would fair, you want to continue doing that going forward, or would you rather like? How would you want to continue going forward as a band? In a, would you like to be more prominent in the writing process? I guess. No, I think I think this works out well because, like in pre, in my previous band, there was like a hundred percent thing. Like they, I went, like they wrote like a heavy ass song, and I just like put heavy ass vocals on it and just made it sound good. And they were like, yeah, and they told me basically they they were better at it than I was, mm-hmm. so they just like told me like, yeah, do this instead. And I was like, okay, let's <laughs> just try <laughs> everything out, made it sound good. But now there were, this writing process has felt more creative if that's the right word yeah it is just try to yeah. like because you're by yourself and you're you're creating it you're listening to the songs and you're interpreting them in your own way is that why yeah it's like my old band they still lived in sweden but it was like six hours away so i produced the whole record at home mm. oh like and like going back and forth with ideas through the internet and phone calls and stuff and this time we were in the room in the studio and it just felt so much better. I really like how like how we did on Graveview. Like small ideas, we can do it like if we like we did on this record that we re- recorded the album and then we wanted to change stuff after and we tried out ideas because I had a studio at home and I liked how that was like used as a tool before we got back to the studio. And we actually ended up saving some stuff from those recordings I did at home. And I just, like, remember being so at ease with how everything was done at the studio. Everything felt great. That was good. Uh, To be fair, a lot of the material was already written also. Yeah. By the time you Mm -hmm. got into the band. That was one of my questions coming up, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and also, like... Trey and I are pretty creative controlly, admittedly. Like, and that's like, I think that's sort of a bad quality. But um, it takes us a while <laughs> to trust someone's opinion. But uh, we like quickly started to trust Marcus's opinion. And like, I now, you know, knowing what I do now, I know that he's actually like a very good musician. And like, I actually asked him the other day to send me some electronic stuff, and he hasn't done it. What kind of electronic? Oh what kind of God. electronic music are you making out there in uh, Sweden? Dude, I, I got some. I got some. Like, I don't know. Have you heard? What are they called? Have you heard Apparat? Apparat? How do you say it in English? They got. They got a song called Goodbye, and you have the. Good God! Let me pull that up. It's so good. It's like super artsy and weird, and I have no idea what the hell I'm doing right now. Uh, it's That's basically. Funny. Have you heard Low Roar? Mm mm. No. Dude. I'm more familiar Dude. with, uh, I mean, I'm familiar with, um, you know, music production because I have Ableton myself and I, I fool around the electronic world as well. Um, but I make more like house music, I guess you could uh, call okay. it. Yeah, I feel like if you, my music that I work on right now that's electronic is more to the weird ass Billie Eilish beat thing. Okay. Like a lo-fi beat, like a lo-fi uh, vibe? Kind of, yeah, but with a lot of synths and, like, stuff going on. A little bigger, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. a wider angle to it, but it's still weird and artsy. That's you what put, I want to do, at least. Do you put any of it out on, like, SoundCloud or, or anything like that? Dude, I haven't gotten there. I just thought it out, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I feel weird about releasing stuff, because 
I don't want to release stuff that hasn't been properly looked at by someone else than me to have like a second opinion, like a producer or someone to mix or master. Well, Keaton is asking for some material. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I know. I send know. Send us some good wide pads, bro. Dude, you <laughs> were gonna we'll send me stuff on too. Him. You told me about a heavy song. I mean, you just so- showed me a clip. Oh uh, yeah. But I want to hear some like bounced out track. We haven't even bounced. Dude, I want to hear it. I haven't balanced mine either, so we're just have hey, to trade you gotta, it. You, know? you got to send us some samples, bro. Yeah, but I don't just, know what you want. It's funny. You want to have something to go after? Like, I can send you whatever. <laughs> just some pads to the key I can, or, I can, or whatever. I can send you whatever, and you can make a song out of it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Do you, do, do you also do audio production, it's funny how, uh, Keegan? Or No, you said you didn't. Or it's funny how bad we are at um, music theory. Like, we know absolutely nothing. So communicating certain things is just hilarious. Yeah, I had to, like, like learn music language in English. Slowly. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to, like, if I wanted something, I wouldn't know how to tell someone the key without, okay. like, looking it up. Same. I'm. I can't. I wouldn't be able to tell you like, hey, that's an A, or a, I can't tell you a note or anything by pitch or anything. Just, just hit the ones that sound good. Yeah. You said I mean, you I, make house music. Yeah. That's so sick. Have you um, heard about Avicii? Of course. Yes. Sweet. Uh, he died. Yeah. Damn. Uh, yes, he did die. He killed himself, unfortunately. Oh my god. Yeah. Marcus is that. the. Uh, Anytime any subject gets brought up, he asks if you've heard of someone who's from Sweden that relates to oh, that yeah. subject. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing I have as a person. Have, like, Swedish I mean, people have a lot of pride. I respect yeah. that for sure. Yeah, we do. I mean, have you seen PewDiePie? Good God. Yeah. yeah he's, he's the worst. Oh my. He's got God. a lot of subscribers, that guy. A lot of subscribers. Yeah, and he knows it. He knows it. I'm one of them. Yeah. You are? Yeah, That's so of course funny. I am, dude. Those Swedish references when I'm drinking my morning coffee tears me up. I love it. Isn't there a uh, a word for that? Drinking your morning coffee. A word for something? that? Yeah, I thought you said there was like a word for like waking up and drinking coffee. A word for something. drinking morning coffee. I don't know. You told me something. Oh yeah, crazy. you mean like no? When you're eating pastry and drinking coffee, it's called fika. Okay. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very specific. Yeah, it's just like a thing we do three times a day here in Sweden. Basically. Yeah, I guess you have to make a word for it then. Yeah, probably. Like, there's a lot of Swedish bands I know that kind of like market the word just to get it out in the world, <laughs> so everyone <laughs> knows what it. Yeah. <laughs> we Maybe we can incorporate that in the next in the next album. You know. Yeah. We'll definitely. call a song "Fika," coffee and pastry. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. How, I don't know how sad you'll be able to make that one, but you know, it might be a good challenge. Yeah. Yeah, that was a goal, man. It's funny that you say that. We wanted to make something sad. We wanted to make a sad record, which is funny to me. Yeah. I mean, I, what's, what, what is your favorite part of? What's your favorite part of Gravio? Oh, I know mine. Like straight from the top, the last song, Nova. Oh my god, if I said that wrong, I'm gonna... Oh, it's the last song. No, but there's like a vocoder part mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of the song. And I remember we recorded it before 
we put it like before we made it a vocoder thing. So we recorded it, and I got out from the session room because I was done for the day. And I got back, and you guys with Ryan has made a vocoder part, and I sat back and listened to it, and I'm like, good God, it sounds insane. And it was like euphoric, it felt like Imogen Heap kind of style, and we just put more yeah, reverb on it, just make it huge. <laughs> that's another one it of those things, so it's like we, we suck at that, and someone came through and made the part so good. But, is, that, uh, is, is that yours? What's yours, What's yours Keaton? That's hard. Um, it's hard for me to. I can tell you things I don't like. <laughs> well, that's the next. That's the things. next question. But it would be. It would be great to have a positive one to, there's, to there's balance some very, it out. There's some cool riffs. I, I just like a lot of the riff stuff that me and Trey were able to come up with. Um, Monarch is a very cool song to me. And oh, I think yeah. the breakdown in that song. It's. The last breakdown, and it's like that's one of my favorite moments. A lot of it is like the chill stuff, like uh, that vocal, the vocal cutter part is really cool. Heaven Alone, which is the interlude, is like actually that leading into Monarch is like kind of like my favorite feeling on the record. The breakdown um, in the end of Monarch was surprisingly good the first time I heard it. It was <laughs> really, really good, and people love it. Like they love it. I love that they love it because I don't know. <laughs> I know how how I felt first time I heard it, and it's just like I don't know. It's just a big ass boom, and then it just gets silent, and you hear this ambient thing going on forever, and it just keeps going, <laughs> just smashes into it. But I think that that's definitely the best breakdown on the album. It has to be. I think uh, I'm a little worn out with the singles, or I probably would have picked that. Like you know. If you would ask me a couple of months ago, I think Halcyon, yeah. Halcyon's pretty high up there for me. It's a really cool oh, song. Definitely. And Fireside, good life. Low key banger. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn or anything. <laughs> no, it's just um, uh, that was the first time we explored like a really actually soft song. We've always talked about it in the past, but we ended up like making it heavy or something. But, yeah. Kind of there's definitely a time. there's definitely a good balance of that on the record for sure. Um, so, what are the low points of the record for you guys? I think uh, he just said he liked Nova a lot, but that song got rewritten a lot, um, so it probably left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I would have done. I think I would have done some different stuff with Nova. Um, yeah. And Eden was another thing we just like rewrote a lot. And uh, I think those two are probably just, like, the least important songs on the record, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think the same about Nova. I just said the vocoder part because it's so freaking good. Mm-hmm. But Nova as a song, even with vocals, I feel like there's a part that left a bad taste in my mouth as well that we redid. Mm-hmm. But I just went with it because uh, it's it's in the song structure, and I was like, yeah, maybe I don't like it that much because I was so used to the old stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just the song was structured so bad at first, and we like tried to fix it, and it sounds cool. Like I like it's good enough to go on the record. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like yeah, I don't know, it's just a low, a little bit of a low point on the record for me. Yeah, a lot of people said that there's. That song is their favorite, and I'm like, what? Yeah, well, <laughs> people just like chaotic energy, I think. That's it's just true, a, yeah. 
That's true. Um, so what what's the plans then going forward? I mean, for for the band uh, to kind of end on a because we're going on an hour now. So um, just to kind of wrap it up, what what are the plans for the band? I mean, like, is it a fear that you guys, you know, could have released this record and then enough time has gone on if if shows don't come back until like the springtime of next year? Technically, you guys could have another record out or material ready for a record. You know, you might be able to go the entire time without playing some of these songs. What is the plan, you know, going forward for you guys? Is that something that you guys have, like, thought about? Yeah, um, I think I think everybody knows by now, just by, uh, by the way bands. I mean, everyone's struggling, don't get me wrong, but bands... Kind of make the most money by doing tours and like that's how they support themselves it's not and merch but it's not like streaming so much it's not all these a lot of other things it's like uh, mostly merch and touring and like the combination of both is how a musician lives so uh, I think a lot of brainstorming on how we can float and uh, stuff like that and then other than that we're just going to write a record and like get ready to explore our new options um like i said this is our last uh record with this label so either we move forward with them or we find another label or whatever the case is whatever offers we get um we're just looking forward to keep going like maybe put out some singles as soon as we can and uh from there hopefully it all lines up and then we're able to go on tour again and hopefully we're not playing a a new record in not this one by the time we tour again (laughs) So uh, we'll see where it goes. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's just kind of keeping busy and staying afloat. Yeah, imagine doing one tour <laughs> on one album yeah. cycle. That's yeah. funny. That would feel bad. I think a lot of fans would hate that because, I'm, like I said, I, I think a lot of people have, have really gravitated toward this release, and I think a lot of people would love to see these songs live. And even even though a minute section of the American uh you know population has seen it i think you know a lot more people would enjoy it mm-hmm. i feel like now people actually like people always knew that that touring for musicians is like it's crucial that's how they make money but now they know that it is yeah. mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah are you guys doing anything else outside of uh just selling merch online maybe are you guys planning any like live stream or you know, um, kind of like fan club slash Patreon situations for the band, or are you just kind of like in the in the brainstorm phase still? Yeah, we're brainstorming. I think I just I think stuff like that can uh, can come off as weird, and I just don't want to try to because, like I said, everyone's struggling. We're not like the only people struggling, so uh, I just feel a little weird about stuff like that, and I don't know what we could offer for it. You know what I mean? So it's like. Uh, we are thinking of ideas though. Like, I want to finish our tab soon. So our tabs for Grayview, I know a lot. Of, yeah, a that was one of, of the questions on Instagram that we got. Was ton when, of people are asking, what, what is that going to be about? Yeah, it takes a long time, and I'm not. Um, a lot of people go through companies that help them do it, but uh, Trey and I are just knocking it out by ourselves. And we had actually a couple of guys. This is crazy. A couple of guys on Instagram that were like, "Hey." Uh, we we tabbed your whole record for you. Like, here's all oh, yeah. the files. Um, we have to go back and, like, 
change any of their voicings and stuff, but those guys are killer, and it's the coolest thing ever that they would do something is, like is that. that. Is that the dude? Anthony. You know I mean? Yeah, the guy we met. Mm-hmm. I didn't meet him, oh, but... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, fuck! So. I always forgot. <laughs> I was I gimped. I was laid up. Damn. So moving forward, we got writing a new record or an EP or singles. I don't know anything about that yet. We'll see where it goes. Um, it yeah. might be cool to release something independently while we're independent. I don't know. We'll try it. We're, we'll, we're yeah, like on Bandcamp or something like that. Yeah, offer it exactly. Up to your fans. So that, that is a way we can offer something and, you know, support ourselves. Um, there's that and tabs and stuff like that. Or, and, and other than that, I don't know. We're just trying to make content in any way we can um, and keep everybody moving and keep them busy. Keep connected to the fan base, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I'm going through. Uh, I'm going through some of the Instagram questions. A lot of them we already kind of touched base on because I I had them already set up. But just in case I didn't get to them, I'm going through them one last time. Um, well, this one I guess Marcus, you can answer for for your part in the band. But lyrical inspiration and meaning behind your lyrics. I'm assuming lyrical inspiration. Whenever someone asks me about lyrical inspiration. Like, I never know what to say because I kind of just, like, whenever I go through life, like, everything, I just, like, sometimes I just, like, come up with subjects, like, from nowhere. And I'm like, holy shit. And I just write it down, just the name of the subject, what it is, and just a quick description of what it is. And then I just, like, whenever I feel like, yeah, I feel like I want to just write something. Like, if it's, a, I don't know, just story or it's the song lyrics and stuff, and I just like take that subject and just write it down while listening to uh, basically just ambient stuff. Have you heard about Alan Watts? Mm-hmm. The old yeah, I just listened to like maybe some Alan Watts stuff on YouTube with like when people have put uh, just ambient stuff on it, or I listen to some Hans Zimmer like movie music, just right, some right, good, right. good vibey music, and just try to like make it as good as possible. Like, recently, like, with Invent Anime, like, trying to match their style, I, there's been a lot of, like, times for me as a Swede to learn hard English. Do you yes. know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So I have to, like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like, ooh, this word sounds good here. What does it mean? I have to go and just, like, <laughs> look it up. I'm like, oh, I was right. I was correct. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't so, want to be the other way around. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes it's just, like, Oh, I want to have this word here. I don't want to have this word here. So I just like look up synonyms and antonyms and stuff. Try to make it like pop. But basically I just, I go from ideas and I just try to dive myself into it and make myself feel the correct way just to move forward with the idea, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. One last question. Is the apostrophe supposed to be there still or not? Is it supposed to be no apostrophe as in invent animate? Or is it invent apostrophe and pause animate? Yeah, we got rid of that a while ago. But uh, <laughs> it was like, that was like an early idea to, to I don't know, it's a stupid thing. We were all like really young. But the, the name came from... Uh, the idea to invent, to create something, and then animate it to bring it to life. Mm-hmm. I like get you. Pretty cheesy. Alex, so the, the web- comma, like, 
the comet like separated those ideas you know i don't know at the idea it was cool or at the beginning it was cool but now it's just like just cooler without it and i don't know and uh, going up, bro but it, our spotify it's a, it's a evolution it. spotify is really hard to get it to, to them to take it off um for some you gotta reason. get your management on that I think we did, and they were like, yeah, we tried. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think it has something to they do with done. the way, like, the way old songs are, like, copyrighted or something. I don't know. Like, the oh, way that, your that, music will transfer yeah, that could be over. I don't want to blow our streams or anything. Yeah, you would have a separate a separate profile, I guess, until they yes. could, until they could exactly. get it all together. So we're just stuck with it. And, the art, you know, people love it and people hate it. Who knows? Well, that was a question uh, that our our webmaster Alex asked me earlier. He says, "I'm always posting, I'm always posting news about it, but I can't remember if it's apostrophe or no apostrophe nowadays." Yeah. We, thought of, uh, we it. thought of making a, a funny shirt, like a memorial for it. R.I.P. Uh, apostrophe. Yeah, and never came around to it. Well, maybe you can be a limited kind of COVID shirt, you know what I mean? To kind yeah, of we can uh, kind of slide it into lyrics and the songs, just R.I.P. apostrophe. <laughs> yeah. Not impossible. Sky's the limit on that. Well, guys, I, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me on a Sunday evening. Uh, well, I don't know what time it is for you, Marcus, but it's it's yeah. uh, it's afternoon for me. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, half past ten. Okay, so not not super late, but you know, no, late enough. Yeah. But I, again, congratulations on the new album. Um, you Thank know, you. I hope that you guys can tour with this in the next couple months. I I hope I can catch some of these songs live. Uh, I can't wait to meet you guys in person rather than remotely. Usually, be yes. we do these in person. So, but again, thanks for hanging out with us. Is there anything else you kind of want to like shout out or or give props to or have someone check out or anything like that before we cut everything down? Uh. I don't know. Shout out to Randy. He helped a lot on the record. And shout out to Ryan Lynn Johnson. He's our producer. He doesn't get... Uh, I think Randy gets credited for mixing it all the time. Um, but we just recorded it with Randy. And um, the guy who actually mixed it was Ryan Lynn Johnson. And he's from Four Eyes. He's a young producer. And if you hear our record, it sounds great. So uh, check that guy out. Other than that, we're working on music. I'm working on tabs. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, man. Thank you for having us. Cool deal. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Hello out there. Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!